All right, guys, welcome back to Blockcash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 262. Today, we have an awesome guest uh, from Orchid Labs, the head of product, Travis Cannell. Travis, welcome to the show. Happy to have you here. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me, Brandon. It's awesome to be on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, a lot of cool stuff I want to talk about with you today regarding Orchid. Um, we've had you guys on the show once prior in the past, but would love to learn more about what you guys are doing now, how you guys have evolved oh. since, and um, some of the, the cool things you guys are working on. Before we do that, Travis, tell us a bit more about yourself. I'm sure the audience would love to know more about uh, your story and your backgrounds and how you kind of got into the space. Yeah, I was, uh, I came kind of, enam I became enamored with crypto maybe in like 2013 or 2014 when Bitcoin started to make one of its first runs. And I was working at a startup at the time in Santa Monica. Um, but, you know, there just really wasn't like the kind of industry that there is now. And there's really no way that I could see to kind of jump into it. So um, anyways, I, I kind of stayed in my marketing role as a growth marketer. Uh, with a startup that I was working for that was then purchased by Intuit. And I worked on uh, QuickBooks products for about five years doing growth marketing. Um, and then I had an opportunity pop up with Orchid uh, around 2018. And so I jumped in to start working on marketing for them. And I kind of jumped back and forth between marketing and product work with Orchid. Um, but I was there before we launched uh, our token and our app and our network all together in 2019, uh, which was really exciting. And uh, yeah, so it's been about a nice four-year ride with uh, with Orchid for me so far. It's just a pretty long time in the crypto space. Nice. Did you have any prior experience uh, in the space leading up to Orchid, or is that your first go-around? Oh, just um, a little experience with Bitcoin, uh, you know, just playing around with it before and then joining in in the water cooler chat <clears throat> as everyone was talking about it um you know it, and, and thinking about it uh i do remember watching like ethereum launch um which was pretty exciting the idea of smart contracts and programmability so um <clears throat> but i was just very much an outsider then just kind of uh watching a little bit of the show from afar um with orchid i got uh, a chance to work with Jay Freeman, who I respect a lot. Uh, his name is Sorek, is really what he's known by. Um, and he's a, you know, started the uh, Cydia, which is the Apple App Store, um, kind of renegade Apple App Store, really kind of the first Apple App Store. And um, I went to college with him and I knew him from then. And so when uh, he started getting more and more involved with Orchid, he really wanted somebody that was technical. We studied computer science together. He really wanted somebody that was more technical to come in and run the marketing um, and help out with the marketing for Orchid. So uh, I kind of jumped in there and then quickly started getting into, involved in product, uh, trying to make our product more usable and a little bit easier to get people into um, and just listening to customers and trying to improve it as much as we could given the constraints of uh, you know, how it works and the blockchain that we're running on or blockchains now. So yeah, that's nice. a lot of what I've been kind of focused on and, and working on. So, um, yeah. Cool. Is that mostly what a day in the life of a head of product is like for Orchid? You know, is that mostly what you do? Um, or do you have other responsibilities? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of just um, putting out fires and then, um, you know, seeing what you want to create with uh, a lot of like the presentation, the narrative around things, um, how we present ourselves on the website, the different flows, getting into our product, uh, different things like that. Um, so it's it's pretty involved. And then, you know, to answering customer service requests um, and then kind of doing triage there and uh, turning those into new app features, you know, so that's another big part of it too. Got it. So it sounds like you do quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. Yep. That's right. <laughs> they keep me pretty busy, uh, mm-hmm. which is always a good place to be. So. Good, good. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Orchid a bit more. Can you give us an overview of what Orchid is as a protocol um, what are some of the things that you guys are focused on, you know, accomplishing, like what's your mission, what's your goal? Yeah, definitely. You know, I really, um, I really love Orchid's mission. We really want to build new decentralized pieces of technology so that everyone has access to the open internet. Um, kind of like rebuilding, trying to rebuild parts of the internet so that it's more private. Um, and that you have more privacy from your ISP, um, and even, you know, you know, kind of beyond that. So that's kind of our mission. We want to get everyone connected to the open internet to get access to the same information that the kind of the Western world does. Um, and when we started, we kind of started building some pieces of technology to do uh, a sort of a VPN. Um, but I use the kind of air quotes with that because it's not, it's very different from a kind of traditional VPN. And we built a number of pieces of technology that I think are really cool. Um, that I have seen a couple of other projects in the space, you know, kind of pick up on and start using. Um, but the main kind of question that I think uh, it's part of our white paper and it's a pretty interesting one is kind of how small of a payment can you send? You know, what's the smallest kind of payment that you can send? And the reason why we were asking that question is because when you have a, a commodity like bandwidth, you know, and you want to have a, tr- a trustless marketplace, you don't really want to have um, trust built up in any one entity, you know? So now if I go to NordVPN, I can pay them for a month. I can also pay them, you know, for three years or five years of service. Obviously that's like a lot of trust and centralization that you're putting into the single payment that you're giving you, you're giving to them and they are promising to give you like a year's worth of service. Um, with Orchid and to be truly kind of a trustless marketplace, what you want is a, a, a lot of liquidity. So when you are connected to a VPN, if you don't like your service, you can quit at any time and both sides on that transaction, you know, no one's out a lot of money. So we wanted to be able to make really, really tiny payments to have this liquid bandwidth marketplace. And how we did that is what we call our nano payments. Uh, but essentially it's a, a way of using probability to send payments so rather than sending somebody a uh, dollar, you send them, say, you know, one out of a hundred chance of winning a hundred dollars, um, and that scales really nicely down on the low end. So you can actually, you know, Orchid all the time is doing um, payments uh, with every, you know, maybe four or five packets. So we're talking about like millipennies, millipenny payments. So when you're running Orchid the VPN. You're usually charged about six cents a gigabyte, 
but you know, you're billed every couple of bytes, um, which is really quite uh, innovative and kind of amazing. So, uh, you know, we are actually working right now. Uh, I can come back and talk about the VPN, um, but you know, right now, actually, one of one of our cool core focuses on is on the nano payments itself. We want to make that uh, a little bit more useful and get it out there so other people can use it. Um, it's running actually on nine different blockchains. So we started it just on Ethereum and then we revved our smart contract and we launched it on Ethereum, Gnosis, um, and then uh, seven other chains, you know, uh, even some of the, the cooler exotic ones like Aurora and um, ones where that they have very low fees. We even ran it on uh, a layer two optimism which is kind of fun because then it's like our layer two is running on another layer two. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. uh, a lot of just the EVM compatible chains we, um, we launched on. So <clears throat> we got a lot of experience with, uh, you know, some of the problems of EVM compatibility because a lot of chains say that they're EVM compatible, but they really aren't, or they don't support all the right uh, geth calls. Um, for log support, which we run into. So we run in, you run into a lot of issues uh, when people say they're EVM compatible and then you go to actually use their blockchain and look up information on it. And sometimes it's not there or they handle it quite differently. So, um, but yeah, our, our nano payments, we think that they can be useful for other things for developers. Uh, so anyone who wants to send really small payments, kind of like a stream of really small payments, it, it works well. Uh, it doesn't really work well if you just are wanting to send one or two transactions to somebody and you want that finality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like uh, there's a little bit of a setup cost incurred when you uh, move money onto our L2 um, and make an ORCID account. And uh, you have to kind of have uh, some in reserve and sort of a deposit that uh, prevents double spending on the network. And um, so... You know, there's a little bit of a setup cost. Of course, you can get all that money back, but there's a little bit of a setup cost. And so uh, you want you want to be able to send nano payments for something you're kind of streaming payments for. Mm -hmm. So we've thought a lot about uh, maybe even setting up for like API server requests, something like, um, you know, sometimes you go, you go to a website and you want to make API calls uh, to their service and they put you in some sort of tiered monthly payment category uh, when with uh, something like nano payments, you could send really small, tiny millipenny payments for like uh, running a server, um, then you could actually just pay per request, which would be kind of interesting. So we think that the technology can also be useful for other things rather than just uh, bandwidth, but, you know, yeah. being the other two like major pieces, um, which is kind of exciting. So we're doing some work now. That's kind of our latest uh, push to make the uh, our DAP a little bit better and easier to use, and then to write uh, an SDK so people can actually um, play with the nano payments and stuff. Right now, we've got a little bit of Python code internally that we've been playing with, but um, we're actually going to need to get some some help with that. But yeah. Yeah, nano payments sound really interesting. It sounds like it's definitely something that goes beyond just you know, person A sending a payment to person B, and it's you know streaming payments. You know, you could do a lot of things with that. Like, I don't know if you guys thought about maybe doing a browser at some point, like like Brave browser um, has all these integrations with like basic attention token, and there's ways to reward people for uh, 
searching websites or advertisers um, or businesses that want advertising or content creation, things like that. Um, it yeah. broadens the scope quite a bit. Yeah, we want to get into the we want to get into the business of not building in the application layer, but actually, you know, like just getting the tech working so that other people can use it, um, you know, and kind of the true open source uh, sort of ethos. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of applications. That could be an interesting one with um, a browser um, and, and, you know, anything related to security is kind of related to our mission. Us, you know, the one that we thought was most interesting, which is the VPN, that's why we built it. Um, because, you know, as you're forwarding packets for somebody, you know, incorporating payments into those packets um, seems like it's it's a win. That's also an easy way to understand what our uh, VPN protocol is, which I know that you were asking about. Um, but, you know, some of the major VPN protocols that are on the market right now are OpenVPN and WireGuard. WireGuard's kind of the new hotness that is fast um, and everyone, if you're getting a VPN, you know, from a centralized provider, you're typically gonna wanna set up a WireGuard connection. It's a little bit of a simpler setup process um, and it's just uh, a lot faster of a connection that you're gonna get. Um, mm -hmm. ORCID protocol uh, basically introduces packets or payments with the, the in the protocol itself. So, um, and of course it's a lot newer than WireGuard or OpenVPN. So uh, it uh, isn't necessarily as fast, but there's a lot that still can be done with that protocol because payments are being sent. So there's things that could be maybe be done with congestion control. Um, it's kind of still, I think, early for the, that protocol. Um, but you know, we made our VPN app in a really kind of crazy way where you can actually use it without even running it through Orchid. So if you have a, like a couple different VPN subscriptions, you can actually make a multi-hop circuit uh, in the app and send your traffic through Nord and then ExpressVPN, you know, and then some other free VPN um, and get like a multi-hop route going, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. And mm -hmm. of course, uh, we also try to make it easy for you to like buy an Orchid account in the app and then send your traffic through a random Orchid node. Um, but, you know, you don't actually have to use it with Orchid. And some, uh, I've seen some real crazy routes that some of our customers have put together, which is like um, kind of funny to see, you know, sending their all the traffic on their phone through like 10 different VPN servers, um, which is going to add a lot of latency. But <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, hard for any one of those VPN servers if they're tracking you and they're track, trying to track everything that you're doing to really understand what's happening. Because from the perspective of each VPN server, you can only see where the traffic is coming from and where it's going to, you know? And so yeah. uh, if it, like Tor kind of has uh, three hops and three hops is a little bit of a magic number because um, then not any one hop, um, well, given that not, if you assume that they're not compromised, obviously, if one entity is running multiple hops, then they can see everything. But if you have three separate entities running three hops, then uh, not any one can see both who you are and what website you're trying to access. And that's kind of the key, 
you know, they might have a few of those pieces of information. They might know who you are, but then they're just forwarding your packets onto a VPN server, or they might know what website you're connecting to, but then they're just forwarding those requests back um, to, you know, to another VPN server. They don't know who is the ultimate user. Um, so with the, you know, with the Orchid, you can actually set up uh, multiple hubs with independent VPN providers. And still, I think we're the only app in the App Store that allows you to do that. I still haven't seen any um, Apple App Store VPN um, that lets you do that. Like most of the other VPNs, like Nord or some of the other ones, they add in this multi-hop feature, but you're just doing multiple hops through the same provider. So, you know, just mm-hmm. because you're sending it through two Nord VPN servers doesn't really mean much because if they're tracking one VPN server, they're probably tracking all of their VPN servers. And so, uh, you know, what you really want to do is send it to different, you know, like different parties, totally different in- parties. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little bit about a VPN. I still run it all the time. Um, I think it's a pretty cool product. You know, it's, um, like I said, we launched it in 2019 and we've refined it over the years. Uh, it's still not perfect. And it works a little bit differently from normal VPNs and that we don't let you do geolocation selection. Mm-hmm. You basically, we, we have this thing called a stake weighted random selection where when you go to connect with Orchid um, and you're paying with nano payments, you actually hit an Ethereum contract or directory contract and it depending upon how much OXT is staked in that, um, you know, depends on which provider you get. And um, so you basically get kind of assigned sort of a somewhat randomized provider that has, you know, has some economic alignment with the ORCID network, um, which is a cool, cool thing. So, uh, but, you know, a lot of our user or early users are kind of like, well, I want to watch, you know, the BBC or whatever. So I need a node to exit in Europe uh, or in the UK or, you know, they want a specific country, but we don't really support that with our VPN. Um, It's much more, our VPN is much more useful for if you're in a country where the internet's blocked, you know, to get out to the open internet. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, That can also be a little tricky because you need to have access to Ethereum. So, uh, you know, a lot of countries where there's a lot of censorship, they start blocking American social media, then they start blocking like the blockchain because sometimes people put information directly on the Ethereum blockchain. And, uh, but, you know, but that's kind of where it's mainly useful. And then also just for when you're connected to a Wi-Fi or you're um, out and about or traveling, like I'm going to be going to a couple of crypto conferences soon. Um, I'll be running Orchid. Nice. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, first off, what do you think separates you guys the most as a VPN? Um, it can be from, you know, other decentralized competitors and normal centralized ones. Like for example, I've always used NordVPN. Um, it's expensive to use, uh, in my opinion, but you know, it works really well. Um, I've used, used things like open VPN too, and those are pretty good. Um, I've always run into like latency issues depending on what you're trying to do or where you're trying to connect. Um, latency yeah. wise, you know, in terms of speed, how do you think you guys stack up? 
I think we're about as good. I don't think we really uh, have optimized for speed a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I think speed's pretty tough. Um, speed's probably the hardest one. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, everyone loves the idea of privacy. And then you're like, all right, we'll start running this VPN. And it's like, wait, why is everything so slow? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, as soon as, as soon as Instagram slows down, that VPN turns off, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, somebody's trying to watch some videos or something and they start to get annoyed. Mm -hmm. So it really needs to be at least about five megabytes a second, maybe 10, so that you really don't perceive that, that lag, that kind of like slowdown. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we improved Orchid and got it up to kind of that level, maybe a little bit faster. You know, there's kind of the speed test game and there's a lot of gaming that happens with the, speed tests so when you start running a vpn and then you run a speed test you know there's kind of a lot of different ways those can be measured depending on which one you're using and um how you're connecting to it and where you are um but we we really try to shoot for that like five five to ten megabytes a second of a stable connection and i think we really hit that um so that you know sometimes now when i turn orchid on i sort of forget that it's running like sometimes i'll be testing it just around my house or i'm not even really on an untrusted network and then like a couple of days later, I'm like, oh, like I have Orchid running mm -hmm. um, and it uses a little bit of battery. So sometimes I'll turn it off. Um, but, you know, I leave it on while I'm traveling. But you asked like kind of how we stack up. Um, yeah. So that's kind of one. That first one is speed you asked about. Um, some other things is that, you know, one with Nord, you know, they advertise like it's two or three dollars a month. But that's only if you pay for several years up front. So typically they're asking for, you know, on the low end, like $12 for one month up to like 90 or $100 for several years of service. Uh, whereas with Orchid, you can, uh, it's pay as you go. So it's a totally different kind of business model where you just put some money into it. You can buy, um, we have VPN credits that you can buy in the app and you can put in a dollar, as little as a dollar which would give you, you know, about 15 gigabytes of service at six cents a gigabyte. So, um, you know, that's a, another kind of cool thing is that you can try Orchid for really cheap. Uh, you don't, and it will, is never, we're never locking you into any sort of subscription, you know. Um, also with Orchid, you can pay, pay using our DAP. You can make your own Orchid account and import it into our VPN app and use that to pay for a random VPN connection. Um, that's really innovative and cool. Um, and, you know, while other centralized providers might let you pay in crypto, um, it's not like, uh, an Orchid account is like you're moving money onto a layer two and you're using that layer two to pay for your VPN service. And at any time you can take your money back off the layer two and, and put it back in your wallet. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, you know, then I also mentioned that Orchid is, uh, multiple hops, so there's no other VPNs out on the market that have, you know, lets you set up a three hop route. Um, so I think that's kind of, those are some of the main differences. We, we also kind of have more of a network, right? So if, if you ever, if you buy a subscription to Nord, like you're only ever going to use Nord servers, whereas we have a decentralized network of providers that um, are staking OXT to kind of advertise for your business. So every time you connect, 
you connect um, not necessarily to a different provider, but you go through this sort of randomized algorithm uh, that uh, is based on how much OXT the providers have staked. So there's kind of a lot of differences there, um, but sometimes we don't even really like to refer to Orchid as a VPN because it's, you know, it's uh, <laughs> because it's decentralized. It is, it does have a lot of those kind of differences, but I think the most palpable one that most people when they pick up that like if you download orchid right now and you open it up the biggest thing you're going to see is we're only going to ask you for a dollar so if you just put in a dollar you can get connected uh and get that benefit of um of privacy you know from your internet service provider and if you're traveling or connected to a strange wi-fi you know that dollar should last you um you know, for quite a while, mm -hmm. like downloading big files or watching tons of movies or something. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I really like the ability to kind of pay on demand or as you go, it makes a lot yeah. more sense. Like I think Nord is like 70 something, 80 bucks a year. Yeah. It's probably cheaper if you buy it for multiple years, but I, I don't use it that much. I think most people use a VPN because they live somewhere and they want to get access to Netflix or Disney plus, or they want to watch a football game in the U S but maybe they're outside the country. Um, like I'm, I'm in Colombia right now. Uh, so oh, sometimes wow. it's hard to connect to certain, uh, apps on my Apple TV or on my laptop, or I want to watch something and I just don't have access mm -hmm. to it. I can't watch yep. CNBC if I want to. So you get kind of limited. I think that's what most people use it for. Um, yeah. And I think that savings part of it is really nice because you just, it, it doesn't make sense to charge someone that much if they're not going to use it all the time because it just kind of sits there. Most people don't probably think about turning it on, um, you know, and they want to turn it on when they want to watch something, which is not like all day long. So I don't know. I think the price thing makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I think for our for it to really work, we need like really high volumes of users. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've been growing it and we've seen some steady growth with it. I think it'll still take time. Um, you know, I don't think, I think it took a while for Tor to be established and we still really appreciate and like Tor. Um, you know, it's a browser versus uh, a complete VPN. Um, so there's a lot of differences and, you know, uh, without getting into too much detail, you know, there's kind of different times you'd want to use um, ones or the other. But, you know, for like some like being in Colombia, you know, um, you can put in a dollar of credit. You can buy some credits, VPN credits and Orchid, you know, like through an in-app purchase. And you don't even have to use our DAP, which is really cool. Like, I think we're we've, we've done a lot of innovation that's under the hood there to, you um, to find like a, a compliant way to take fiat and turn it into uh, a crypto kind of back, back account um, that you can spend. So we use actually the Gnosis blockchain and uh, you get sort of XDAI um, when you buy VPN credits and then you can spend them with our preferred providers. But yeah, you can kind of see, I think most, I think a lot of our providers are in um, the United States. So uh, you can definitely try it out. We're on iOS and macOS and Android right now. Um, and uh, see, and then if, you know, for, for that use case too, is kind of interesting is if you disconnect Orchid and reconnect, you'll typically get a different VPN provider. Mm -hmm. So 
you're trying to load some website and it's not loading, you can disconnect and reconnect. And then your IP address is going to be different because you're just kind of connecting to this decentralized network. And um, oftentimes, um, sometimes when I've been in a country like trying to watch HBO or, you know, I'm uh, not in the United States when I'm out traveling, I'm trying to connect back to the United States. That's that's worked for me. Um, you know, Orchid, it, that's not necessarily what um, we're the best for, but um, because because of that randomization of what provider you connect to. But with that sort of caveat, uh, what's great about Orchid is it's really cheap to just try stuff on it. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what's the easiest way for people to uh, get set up with it? Is it just on the on the phone, on Android and the Apple store, can they get it on desktop as well? What, what are some of their options? Yeah. So we don't have a, a windows GUI yet, um, mm -hmm. but we're on all the other major um, operating systems. So, but um, yeah, it works best probably on the phone. So you can just go to the Apple app store uh, or the Android play store uh, and download it. If you know, uh, it's all open source, so you can also download the code and uh, build, um, you know, build it yourself. Uh, and, and then we also have like kind of like the, we don't do nightly builds, but whenever we do code releases, you know, we'll put the latest code and all the latest builds up on our GitHub repository. Um, but, and that's also important if you're in a country that uh, doesn't allow VPNs in the app stores. Um, you know, you can still get the code on GitHub uh, and get typically, uh, you know, around the world, it's uh, Android and they're getting the APK file or, you know, getting the code to build it themselves. Um, so, you know, it's everything's linked from orchid.com. But if you just search uh, in the, the Play Store, or the um, Apple App Store for Orchid, you know, you'll get some flowers, but you'll see our VPN as well. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, do you guys have a community? Where can people go to maybe chat or share ideas? Like, do you have a Discord? Do you have Telegram? Yeah, we have. We actually have both, but we're really uh, we're trying to spruce up our our Discord a lot more. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're setting up some uh, you know some new channels there. We also just we have like a channel for app support and node support, um, and we'll probably set up a channel for our nano payments um, once we get that project kind of a little bit more off the ground and. Um, so yeah, I can drop a link to our Discord, but it, all of our official channels are linked pretty prominently from orchid.com, which is our domain. Can people find you online as well? Yeah, I'm uh, at Travis Cannell on uh, Twitter. So go ahead and give me a follow. Awesome. Guys, go follow Travis. Go check out Orchid. They got the best decentralized VPN out there. Um, they're doing some fantastic stuff with nano payments and I'm excited for what you guys are going to do in the near future. I really think you can get branch off into a lot of things. Um, yeah. So I'm sure those are things maybe you guys are working on as well. So looking really forward to seeing how you guys continue to evolve. You guys got a great product. Thanks, Brandon. All right, Travis. Thanks for taking the time to come on. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, super fun. Thanks, Brandon. It's a great show. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Talk soon. Cheers.